Hi, thanks for listening to C3 Hobart Online. If this message impacts you in any way, please don't hesitate to contact us. Thanks for listening. Father, we thank you this morning in the name of Jesus. We are so grateful of the work that you did for us. That we can be called your children, sons and daughters of the Most High. We are so honored, O oh God, this morning as we praise your name. Even in glory as we are in rejoicing that you came for us. Thank you this morning, O oh God. In Jesus' name, amen. As you sit down, please just pass through your cups uh, from, from the communion to, the, to one end so that our attendants can collect them. Uh, if I haven't met you before, my name is Innocent. Um, I've been in this church for quite a few years now. And it's an honor and privilege to be sharing the Word of God with you. We had a very powerful and wonderful Christmas service last week. It, it was just spectacular. It was beautiful. I was talking to some colleagues at work the other time. We were just talking about traditions, cultures. They were so surprised, as probably, pro probably some of you will be, when I tell you that I only got to know my mother's name, first name, when I was almost a teenager. Same thing with my father's name. Because my mom was never Rofina, she was always my mom. And people never called her in my culture by first name. They call her either mother or they refer to her by her firstborn, or the son that people know. So my mother was always Ananias' mom, because that was firstborn in my family. To my friends, she was Innocent's mom. And if you really went around and talked about your mother's first name, it does come across as impolite in my culture. If you want to be respectful, you might say Mrs. Mudzingwa or Mr. Mudzingwa. So my colleagues at work were so surprised. So they were asking me, so what's the name of your grandfather? I said, I only know now because I've researched. But I didn't know then. He was just grandpa to us. There are so many cultures and traditions that differ as you walk across the world. But one of the traditions that I found applicable, those celebrated maybe differently, is Christmas. For me, when I was growing up, maybe different to my kids, we never had a big Christmas tree decorated like this. For us, if we put decorations on the ceiling and around the walls, that was good enough for us. We didn't have presents under some sort of a tree. Every time before we went to the village for Christmas celebrations, we'd go shopping. Mom would buy you shoes, buy you a trousers, buy you a t-shirt. 
but you were never meant to wear it until Christmas Day. So Christmas Day, I knew my present already, but I had to wait. And that prompted us kids to wake up early in the morning, bath yourself, and go for the new clothes. And we always headed to the church. Then after the church, we want to meet around and play and show off our new clothes. That was Christmas for me. Coming over maybe to different cultures, I discovered that the Christmas tree is so important. I discovered that some boxes under that tree are so important. My kids were saying, this say, Dad, maybe let's not put boxes under the tree. I'm not too sure whether we'll succeed doing that, but that's what they are saying. One interviewer went to Japan. He was walking around the streets around Christmas time, and I'm told it's big up there. And he was asking people, so what do you understand about this Christmas? Somebody just laughed and said, oh, well, I don't even know what it is about. Maybe it's a day that Jesus died. And she laughed. Maybe that saying, though wrong, could be true. That along the course of the years, maybe Jesus has died around Christmas. Because we don't talk about him anymore. Because people don't realize that it's all about Jesus anymore. Maybe he's dead through the wrappings and the rolls that we have, the boxes, the decorations, the Christmas trees. Maybe the actual Jesus is gone. In 1989, just imagine in America, they used 28 million rolls and wrappings of things for presents. 400 million greeting cards, 35 million Christmas trees. That's 1989. I would think probably three times or four times now, maybe those numbers. And these are the numbers we see. And I want to bring a message of Christmas. Not so much about the Christmas tree, but the reason we are going to be celebrating in weeks to come. There is a man who came from heaven and was born, and is the reason we celebrate Christmas. I'm going to read a very, maybe short or long, I don't know, portion from the Bible in Luke chapter 19. Uh, a story about Zacchaeus. It says from verse 1, Jesus entered Jericho. Oh, how I wish I could read like that gentleman who was reading on Christmas Day here. He reads so well. <laughs> Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, 
Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter or complain. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. If I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. Because this man too, or this man also, is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save that which is lost. May God bless the reading of his word. The name Zacchaeus means innocent. So you probably know why I've chosen that portion. <laughs> he is not meant innocent, and yet he was not so innocent. And my name is innocent, and probably not so innocent as well. I can identify in a lot of ways with Zacchaeus, with my name, Innocent. The Bible says he was a wealthy man, a tax collector, but he was short. That's what the Bible says. He was short. He was short of height. I was looking at the word short. It just doesn't talk about just height or stature. You could be short in a lot of ways. Short can mean not long. Short can mean little distance. Short can mean not adding up. Short can mean a lot of things. This guy was short. But he was short in height. He was not adding up to the height expected by maybe the standard height of the people at that time. When we, we, all, we all have some shortness in our lives. It could be that you are short in height. It could be that you are short in an area of life. But you are short. You know, when we look at the word short, I said some of the reasons why we are short could be things that we don't have any control over. Zacchaeus was short because of the genes of his father and mother. He was short. He couldn't just grow tall, even if he wanted to grow tall. At times we are short because of the choices of life by us and by others, and we become short. It's so funny in the world that the world tends to hammer or hit hard on shortness of people. At times, our shortness is even given a name. He is a short guy. He is a poor guy. He is a divorced guy. He is an angry guy. Our shortness at times is given a label by the world. And the world is so cruel because that becomes emphasized, magnified, to such an extent that we don't see the person, we see a short person. Yes. 
We see a person not adding up. Zacchaeus was short. He was short in height. He ran. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because of his limitation, because of his disadvantage, because of the things working against him in his life, the shortness either by inheritance or by things of life, he couldn't see Jesus because there was a crowd of people around Jesus. He tried. He couldn't just see him. And he thought of a plan. He ran ahead of Jesus the way Jesus was walking. And he climbed up a tree and saying, then in that tree, at least I can see clearly who Jesus is. He climbed up that tree. And what did that tree do? It gave him an advantage. It sort of took away his disadvantage. But in a way that gave him, him false security or comfort. When he climbed up the tree, he could see what other people couldn't see. He could see what had limited him because of his shortness in height up in the tree. He was at an advantage. He, was, he had shortcut his limitations. He could see Jesus. I said, oh, that's what we do. When we are short, we try to compensate for our shortness. When we are short in an area of life, we don't want everyone to realize how short we are. How things are so bad in our lives. We put it up. We climb a tree so that we sit at an advantage. And when people see you, oh, he's got a great view, that man. He's got a great view, that man. He can see the right, at, right at the top of Jesus' head. He can see the right at the top of everyone's head. He is at an, at an advantage. He is in a tree. How many times in life do we hide in a tree? How many times in life do we try and accumulate or put on us a false security so that the world do not know what you are actually going through? I always love it when we come to church, when we go to gatherings. No one knows really who you are. But I'm glad I've got some good news for you. There's somebody who knows you just as you are. When I dress up in the morning to come to church, I look for the nice shirt to put on. Why? I want to be at an advantage. I want to be on a tree. When you look at me, oh, look at his shirt. But you don't know my shortcomings. You don't know my disadvantages. You don't know my limitations. You don't know what I go through. I am at an advantageous platform. But that gives me false security. Because when I climb down and go back home, I'm back to where I am. When I take off the white shirt and put on my normal shirt, I'm back to the same old, innocent, 
and not yet and yet not so innocent. He climbed the tree. I've got some three points to mention quickly about the message of Jesus coming down to earth as we are celebrating Christmas in this season. The first thing that Jesus did, he's walking along a crowd of people around him, but he comes to the tree where Zacchaeus was in, or he had climbed up into that tree, and he stood under that tree. You know, Jesus is so personal. He loves you. He knows you just as you are. He won't even miss you because of the crowd. He won't even miss you because of so many trees. I want to believe that that wasn't the only tree around that place. And when you walk, I wonder if Jesus was walking, looking in trees and seeing, are there any people in trees? I don't think he was walking like that. But Jesus knew exactly where Zacchaeus was. And he came and called him by his name. Zacchaeus, do you know that God knows your name? I might not remember your name. You might not even remember mine. But Jesus, he knows you by your name. And he comes up to that tree where you are climbing unto and you are hiding your insecurities and you are hiding your shortcomings. He comes to that tree. He wants to have a personal conversation with you. He comes to the tree. Say, Zacchaeus, come down. You know what people did? They started complaining. When Jesus said, come down, I want to come with you to your house. And people are saying, oh, Jesus, how can he go to a sinner's house? Do you know that we are so judgmental at times, people? In a very subtle way, in a very hidden way. The crowds were following Jesus. They wanted to see him. They wanted to know him. They loved him because he did things. He did miracles. He gave them food. He did so many things for everyone. But did you realize the attitude they had? Though they were following Jesus, each one of them already knew in their mind how Jesus should act, who Jesus should talk to, and who Jesus should do things for. They were a crowd, but they felt unfair, that it was unfair for Jesus to talk to that one, not me. To talk to that one, not him. How many times, you know, it's human nature that you always feel that, well, when you walk around, you feel, oh, I think I'm better than that person. My house is better than that house. My car is better than that. You know, there's something about human nature that you're always trying to compare yourself with somebody else. Though you don't say it loudly, you have that competition running 24 hours 7 in your life. And for some people, it causes stress and depression. Because every time you wake up, you are, I need to do something better to, so that I'm better than that one. So that I'm better than that one. So that I'm better than that one. This guy said, no, it's not fair for Jesus to talk to Zacchaeus. He should talk to me. Have you seen people being prayed for here? And they get healed. And you say in your heart, in your heart, 
Jesus should heal me. I've been in this church longer than that one who's just been healed. He should heal me. You know, we, we have these things going on all the time. But the message from Jesus is that of inclusion. Jesus loves everyone and he includes everyone. By saying, Zacchaeus, I'm talking to you now, not the crowd. Jesus was saying, though the crowd have got their perceptions, I do care for you. By the way, the tax collectors were hated people. They, did, they were not liked at all. Because they always collected money and they collected a lot more than they were meant to collect. And people hated them for that. And they were working for the Roman government. People didn't like it. So when they, people would see tax collectors, people really didn't want to be associated with these guys. They were the people that you would say are not like the Jesus type. They should not walk near Jesus. They should not come near our church. They should not come in our buildings. Because out there in the world, there is a perception we have regarding those kind of people. So probably he was lonely, this guy. I want to think he had no friends. Maybe he had one or two friends, but he had no, not many friends. Because you come around, people don't want to talk to you. When you come around, people start going away. When you sit next to someone, people start going away from you. But Jesus comes and says, you know what? That's why I'm here. I'm coming for those that people would never take notice of. You know, people that will... You know, one thing that I was actually thinking about is that Christmas is celebrated in so many countries. There are some countries that if it was for you and me as judges, would say, God, there shouldn't be Christmas in that country. If it was you and me, there are people that would say, God... Those kind of people should never celebrate Christmas. If it was for you and me, would say maybe there shouldn't be Christmas celebrations in jails and prisons. Because that's our attitude. But Jesus comes and says, you know what? Those people that everyone would never take notice, this is the reason I came. I want them included. And that's the great thing about Christmas. That it doesn't matter where you are. Everyone is celebrating Christmas. In my, in my little country, Zimbabwe, in a remote place called Binga, they may not have clothes to wear. They may not have, even have shoes to wear. But they know about Christmas. They will be gathering on the 25th in their little hut, no electricity, at an open fire, no good food, but cooking a meal. Why? It's Christmas. The message of Christmas is that of inclusion. It includes every one of us. Go to the Muslim countries, Asian countries, African countries, America, Australia. Everyone on that day, they are celebrating Christmas. Why? We've all been included. Doesn't matter what I have under the tree, I am included. It doesn't matter I don't have a Christmas tree, I am included. Christmas is inclusion. I'll ask the band to come back as I mentioned the last point. Jesus said, come down. I want to, I must come to your home to Zacchaeus. That was even worse for people now, that he is wanting to go to the home of Zacchaeus. Association with Zacchaeus was alone bad. It was bad on its own. 
it wasn't so good for the reputation of Jesus. You know, there are things that are not good for our reputation. That at times you don't want to be so close to those things because you may be, people may think you belong to that kind. But Jesus put his reputation online. Do you know that? For you. He shouldn't have associated with you. But he is associated with you. And he said to Zacchaeus, I must come to your home. You know, a, a home is just a house from outside. But it's a home when you get inside. Beautiful houses, we see them. Beautiful houses around us. But some of them are not homely when you get inside. A home is a place where you can enjoy, find your identity, where you feel respected, where you can do things without being judged, judged and served. You are at home. Jesus says, I want to come to your home, sit around with you, respect you, enjoy your company, talk to you. I want to come to your home. And he comes to that home and see what Jesus did. He didn't say, now, take us, I'm here. I've got a message from God for you. Repent. You are a sinner. You are a thief. You do this. You do that. Jesus never said those things. He just came by and sat with him in the home. And when Jesus is in your home, he is more than enough. Conviction just came to Zacchaeus and he said, Wow, you know what? Oh God, you know what? I've been a sinner. I've been stealing from people. You know, as church, at times, we are putting standards on people as if Jesus is not enough. I like a song sang by Hillsong at one time, which is called Christ is Enough for me. At times, we feel Christ is not enough. We start telling people when you come to church, our church, we don't want you doing one, two, three. We want you to do this and that. Jesus is enough. I like what our pastor says here. We give Jesus to people. Let's walk the journey. Let Jesus do the work. Because we are at different levels, all of us. Some are in the tree. Some are short. Some are in prison. But we meet Jesus at different points of our lives. We're going to be praying and celebrate Christmas. I'm so glad that he's so personal with me. He loved me innocent, a guy from Africa. He's so good, this God. He loved you, a lady from Australia, from New Zealand, from wherever you were born. He loves you. He's so personal with you. And he has included you. There are things that exclude all of us. But we are included here. Look at our church. Multicultural as we are. Diverse as we are. It shows the inclusion culture of Christ. We are included. I can stand tall. I am included. He, he, he came to my tree and stood under my tree. Not only that, he took me home with him. He came to my home. I want you to know at your house, when you celebrate Christmas this year, just thank him because you are included. It's not what you have in the fridge. It's not what you don't have. It's about what Jesus did for you. Shall we stand on our feet? Glory to Jesus. We're going to be praying shortly. 
The Bible says in Titus chapter 2, verse 11 to 12, the grace of God has appeared to all men. It has appeared to literally everyone, the grace of God. He loves you. And the Bible says that grace which appeared to all men, it teaches us, not men, it's the grace of God that teaches us to live life, to say no to certain things. It's the grace of God. In the book of Revelation 3, verse 20, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open up, I will come in and eat with him, and he will eat with me. That's what Jesus is wanting to do at this Christmas. Just knocking at each door. Just knocking at each door. This is the reason I left heaven to just come down and eat with you and include you and acknowledge you and come to your home. That's the Jesus we are talking about. Before I finish here, before I close in prayer, maybe you are here. The message of Christ has been foreign to you. Maybe you have never really got into a relationship with God. You have heard about church. You have been to churches. You have heard about preachers. But you have never really made a decision to connect with this Jesus, to allow him to come into your life. Let me remind you, he doesn't judge you. You've gone through things, you're going through things. He doesn't judge you. He comes under your tree because not everyone knows what you're going through. But he comes and calls out your name, your name, and say, you, I want to come to be to your house. I want to come with you in your life. That's the Jesus we worship. Let's close our eyes to pray. Praise the Lord. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your grace. That you saw people like us who were not worthy, who were not even innocent, who were guilty. With all our baggages, oh God, but you acknowledged us. You included us in your plan. You came to our home. I want to thank you for your love. I want to thank you for that grace. With our eyes closed, maybe before I finish this prayer, I want to give you an opportunity to accept Jesus, to have a relationship with God. I don't know where you are. You might be in that tree. But it's none of my business because Jesus knows you and he cares for you. He wants to acknowledge you. He wants to include you in his plan. And let alone, he wants to come home with you. If you're here, you're saying, innocent, before you go down, I just want you to pray with me so that I receive this Jesus, so that I have a relationship with this Jesus. With our eyes closed, I'm just giving you a bit more privacy. Just raise your hand where you are. I will acknowledge that hand, and I will pray for you from here. If you're here, you're saying, I just want to have a relationship with this Jesus. I want to accept him. Don't be shy. Don't be timid. R quickly raise your hand up on high and say, I am here. I need prayer. Thank you, brother. I can see that hand. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. I can see a hand at the back there. Glory to Jesus. Anyone else? I can see a hand in the middle here. Praise the Lord. Just keep your hand up. Don't be shy. There is celebration in heaven. You are included. You are included. God loves you. Keep that hand up. Praise the Lord. I'm just going to pray with you. And I'll ask the whole church 
to just join us in prayer and help these guys. Repeat this prayer with me where you are, loudly. Let's do it together with them. And when we are finished, please don't just rush away. I want you to come here after church. I want to pray with you. Or come and see Pastor Sean here so that he will just pray for you. And we'll get, give you a gift, a book. And we might need to know if you want to connect with, in, a, in some ways with us. So please don't go away after we've prayed for you. Let's repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for including me. I'm not worthy to be called your child. But you came from heaven to include me. I want to accept you in my life so that you be Lord over my life. Forgive me for everything I've done. Cleanse me by your blood so that I be your child from today onwards. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name. Hi, thanks for listening to C3 Hobart Online. We hope you've enjoyed this message. If you'd like to know more, you can find us at c3hobart.org.au.